Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Test match cricket from Dubai with Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon for Specsavers, the test experts, and Proatar, the new coaching app that connects you with the biggest names in cricket. Jeff, we're looking out over this Dubai stadium, a ground where Australia were absolutely thumped in 2014. It was a 2-0 drubbing, and the side they're taking to, well, taking to the UAE this time around, the side that's here, is far less accomplished after what happened in South Africa earlier this year. That is a very uh, learned and insightful summary. It was it was one of those great series in 2014 in that it was kind of quite fun to watch uh, a team be completely taken apart by mm. another side. Just dominated them in every respect. Yunus Khan made 300s in four innings. Uh, Miss Barrel Hark made twin tons in the second test. So did Azhar Ali. Including the fastest ton of all time, if I remember That's right. correctly, Miss e- Equaled Viv Richards' record, mm. which uh, Brendan McCullum later broke by a couple of balls. I think mm. it was, was it 56 down to 54 or something along those lines. But uh, yeah, that, that was a fascinating series. They had Zulf Kababa who'd come out of nowhere and Yassir who was on debut and those two spinners tore Australia apart so that's the sort of background that's the psychological baggage if you will and there'll be a fair raft of spinners taking them on again this time including Mohammed Hafiz yeah Mohammed Hafiz has been brought back to the test squad he replaces Shadab Khan who's missing with a groin injury we'll come to Pakistan in a moment let's deal with the visitors first Australia under Tim Payne it'll be the second time he's led this Australian lineup after taking over the reins after the uh, Newlands Cape Town debacle back in March but let's focus on uh, the, the new blood, uh, that, that's Aaron Finch at the top of the order, Travis Head in the middle order, and Manus Labashain. Uh, there's going to be many ways to pronounce his name, but we're going to go with Labashain because that's what he's asked for. If you can't use the Afrikaans hard R, then don't use it at all. Um, but anyway, he's going to bat at number six. But equally as interesting to me was that Sean Marsh is up at number three and Mitchell Marsh at number four. Had you said 12 months ago that Mitchell Marsh would be Australia's number four, well, <laughs> complete that sentence. But really, the fact that he has batted for a very long period of time in the tour game, made centuries at Perth and 
Sydney in the Ashes, had a very important contribution in the victory at Durban as well. I think he made 96. 96 was it yep. there. It does stand to reason that you would back him in at this stage, I feel. Yeah, he's reached that level of maturity now where he can play long innings. That's something that he just didn't do for years in, in the test side. Uh, he played quite well, actually, in that uh, 2014 series. That's where he debuted uh, against yes. Pakistan here. And in his second test, he made 87, was it? Definitely, um, it was 87. It was on his uh, second test match out for that, that number, which is synonymous yeah. with Australian cricket. So he batted for a long time in that in that innings in his second test and then never equaled that sort of length of innings again for the next uh, several years. And it was only during that 2017 Ashes that he finally started to bat long innings again and, and was able to back that up several times in a row, as he said, Perth, Sydney, Durban, and, and carried that on through the warm-ups and preparations now. So that's interesting. It's also, uh, well, you would have got long odds if you'd said in, say, March, even after... David Warner and Cameron Bancroft were suspended that mm. Australia's next openers will be Aaron Finch and Usman Khawaja. Yeah, not <laughs> wrong. Especially here, Usman Khawaja's record in the subcontinent and his spinning conditions has been one that's seen him left out of the side, uh, both in India and Bangladesh in 2017. He's at the top of the list. Aaron Finch, uh, another really good story. Uh, maturing, a mature player, a, a player who uh, Tim Payne has been friends with all the way back to the Cricket Academy maybe 12 or 13 years ago. Uh, he's now finally got the baggy green. He's, he's cherished or he's wanted, he's coveted. Um, I spoke to him before the start of the one-day series when Australia went to England, and he said that um, despite all of the white ball acclaim, for him it was all about trying to finally bash the door down to this test side, and he's earned that in terms of the international runs he's made. Maybe not... You're not going to build a case based on red ball averages. That, that's not sustainable. But what he has done for Australia, especially especially rather in 2018, it does speak for itself somewhat. Yeah, he's uh, been one of those players who became kind of an anomaly because he had played so much international cricket in, in the white ball arena um, and had never played a test and had never really seemed close to playing a test. He wasn't one of those players who was often talked about. It was sort of laughed off. Oh, yeah, you know, Aaron Finch playing test cricket. Ha ha. Um, I just goes out there and bashes the ball. But he's yeah. done it so consistently. You know, what, 11 one-day hundreds, is it? And mm. two T20 international hundreds. So he's... Uh, you know, and the two highest scores in T20 international cricket as that well. Was amazing in Harare earlier this year. Yes. Some of the power hitting there, you, you just... Uh, you, you ask yourself how it's possible that he hasn't played all three formats of the game. And, yeah, the numbers, again, they don't necessarily support his inclusion on that raw figure of how many hundreds have you made. But uh, but cricket is more than... Cricket selection is more than adding up spreadsheets. And I, I sometimes think, it does require some touch and I some think nuance. With Aaron Finch, it's partly about personality type as well because he... He is a leader in in the teams that he's been in, and he goes about things a bit more in the Tim Payne way than than the uh, perhaps previous Australian regime way, where he's he's generally pretty laid back. He's uh, mm. he's pretty civil and genial. Uh, he doesn't have a reputation for being particularly nasty with his opposition. He seems like someone who who has his head screwed on when it comes to approaching cricket as not necessarily the be-all and end-all. Um, so I, I think that's something that he can bring, is that composure and level-headedness to this team. No real surprise to see Travis Head in the test side. He's been talked up for years. I remember three seasons ago mm-hmm. saying when Adam Voges retires, it'll be Travis Head who moves to that position in the order. He's actually uh, debuting as the number six, not the number five. Sorry, wrong. The five, yeah. The five, and, yep. and, and, and uh, Labba Shane is going to bat at six. But all the same, uh, earlier parts of the week, he might have gone up to number four and considered Mitchell Marsh being at five. Either way, uh, 
the South Australian captain, made skipper at age 21. Uh, he's been on this path for a while. Yeah, he, he's one of those anointed ones, you know, who, years out. Um, it, it's predicted that they'll play for Australia for a long period of time. Interestingly, he didn't really put the first-class numbers together through those early years of his career. He's been prodigious in the Big Bash and, and one day, yeah, well, one day domestic cricket, but uh, he was averaging sort of 31, 32 for mm. a, a long period of time. He's got that up to at least past 36 now with a, a couple of good years, and but really got into the side based on the, the strength of his performances for Australia A in, in India and then in the warm-up here as well. Batted for a long period of time, which is what they want. Uh, Tim Payne's talked about putting egos aside and just being prepared to absorb good bowling and uh, not not have that sort of compulsive need to dominate and score and be on top all the time. And Labuschagne, it's timing, isn't it? He, he is in the right place at absolutely the right time to get a debut. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a random one, particularly considering in the Australia A series, uh, the second of their first-class games, he made a pair. Mm. Um, it doesn't necessarily say that you're screaming for inclusion. I think he made a 60-odd in the first game and made a pair of ducks in the second. So uh, I think he's lucky um, to have made the squad. And once he got in the squad, an extra bit of luck with Renshaw having been injured again, missing the uh, most of the, the warm-up match again, it just meant that uh, it, it made it an, a possible decision to leave Renshaw out and bring Labuschagne in. Yeah, it's going to be a name we're going to enjoy pronouncing on the commentary, isn't well, it? Well, I sort of feel awkward about it because it is Labuschagne, and that's how it's pronounced in South Africa. And basically he's gone, look, Australians can't handle it, so I'm just <laughs> going to abandon my native pronunciation and just make it something easy for these idiots to, to go along with. So, so, But then he's saying he wants it to be pronounced that way, so then I feel like I'm disrespecting him if I do it the original way. I'm in a quandary. I don't I don't know which way to go. Yeah, what I meant by luck is really that Renshaw injury. Uh, they said that he wasn't quite ready to return to test cricket, uh, having copped that head knock and not played a lot of uh, red ball cricket in recent times. The bloke sitting at home, though, in Melbourne, who'll be watching this and thinking, gee whiz, what could have been is Glenn Maxwell, um, controversially left out of the squad. Uh, and now seeing that due to injury, the backup batsman essentially is getting a chance. What he would have given for an opportunity to have played for Australia in his first test match. Yeah, it's it's pretty harsh on him. I think we've made our opinions on, on this well known, but uh, it, it didn't sit well with me that there was an arbitrariness to the justifications uh, that sort of saying, oh well, he hasn't made enough hundreds, um, when he's a guy who's batted well down the order for a lot of his career, particularly mm. in limited overs cricket, hasn't had the opportunity to make a lot of hundreds, and he's been out in the 80s and 90s a lot because he's in late in the innings and he keeps hitting and doing the team thing and, and trying to, to score as many as possible instead of nursing his way through to a milestone. So none of that really sat well with me, and, and then Justin Langer getting the numbers wrong as well when he was adding up how many how many uh, professional hundreds Steve Smith or David Warner had made and you know adding test hundreds to first-class hundreds and sort of stacking up their numbers to make them seem more impressive than they actually are. Impressive they are still, but uh, sure. David Warner has not made 88 professional hundreds. No, He's made no. something like 54. Yeah, I think that's fair to say that was cock-up, not conspiracy, to be fair to No, but, it, but if but you're... Just the way it looked at the time, right? Yeah. If you're relying on that, if, if that's your justification, obviously that's... You, you haven't thought that through. If, if you've just randomly put those numbers together, that's not actually really the driving reason if your numbers are wrong. I mean, either you're getting terrible intel or you're not telling the full story. A good news story about another Victorian, Peter Siddle. Uh, what a great yarn. I mean, Peter Siddle was stuck on 192 test wickets 
back in 2015. We never thought we'd see him again. He played the final test at the Oval of that Ashes series and took six wickets in that game. He might have been man of the match. If he wasn't, he was close to it. Actually, I think Steve Smith made a double ton. So <laughs> Siddle was on the next line of betting, if you like, for want of a better descriptor. Uh, and now he's back for another crack at test cricket. I have to say, I, I thought that... He finally had reached the end of the road when he didn't quite make it through last season. But again, uh, the the fact that they are willing to invest in players at the other end of their career, I think it does set the right messages to players in Shield cricket that if you go away and put the first-class performances on the board, you still will be considered. And he's done that through the county championship. Yeah, Finch debuting at 31, Tim Payne coming back at the end of 2017 and Siddle being brought back now that those are the right kind of messages and you know I mean Siddle was he was he was out there in the county champs in April bowling in a beanie because it was about seven degrees wherever it was, that. was it was it was closer to zero he was rolling yeah. the arm over uh, out in the field wearing the woolly hat and um, you know that's that's dedication to the cause and he performed well through that county season and uh, has just kept banging away and uh, I think also it's come at the right time for him because they need that senior leadership. They've got three debutants coming in, and uh, even if one of them's a pretty experienced debutant, uh, to to have a, another debutant, to have Michael Nisa coming in as well, to have four debuting in the same match, it, it's easy to go on the side of experience in that case. Siddle will be sharing the new ball, of course, with Mitchell Stark, who's also back from injury, and the two spinners, Nathan Lyon and John Holland. Here's Jeff's chat with the captain, Tim Payne, about selection and all things that are ahead of the Australian side a couple of hours ago. Tim Payne speaking to us for Wisdom.com and uh, a big test match lined up for tomorrow. You've got three new inclusions uh, into the side. It must be exciting to see those guys uh, making their debuts and the excitement for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great time for them. It's a family period for us as well, so they'll, they'll have their family around. So uh, Hetty, Finchie and Manus all playing their first test, which is really exciting for us. And um, I think it's, it just adds to that excitement going into a first test. Tell us a little bit about them uh, in terms of those three characters and what they can bring to your side. Yeah, oh, I think everyone knows Finchie and, and Hetty reasonably well. They've played a lot of one-day and, and 2020 cricket for the country, but um, you know, I think whilst it's their first test, they actually bring quite a bit of experience to this side. Um, they've played a lot of first-class cricket. Hetty's captain of um, South Australia. Finchie's captain of Victoria. He's the Australian 2020 captain, so they're experienced cricketers. And, and Marnus is um, you know, a young cricketer who's uh, on the rise, I guess. He's got um, really good skills with both bat, ball and in the field, so um, we're really looking forward to what he can provide in this series. Aaron Finch, a really interesting story. He's uh, such an experienced player, has played a lot of one-day cricket, and there was sort of talk about him being an, an unusual case in that he'd played so much international cricket but hadn't been close to a, a test recall. I guess for someone like him coming in, Peter Siddle coming back, yourself coming back last year, it's encouraging to those more experienced players that you can come back into the side at, at a more advanced age. Yeah, I think so, and I think you know those two in particular have, have deserved their opportunity through performance, so it shows... You know, no matter what age you are, there's there's always opportunity to play for Australia. Um, and, yeah, those guys are a great example of that. Finchie's just polled on the runs for probably the last couple of years, particularly in white ball cricket. Um, but I think he's you know at the peak of his powers right now and, the, and his test boot probably couldn't have come at a better time. And uh, Sids has come off an outstanding county season and um, we think he'll be really good for us in these conditions. He, he bowls the right length for these conditions and he, and he can bowl all day, which is really important. 2014 was an interesting one. Uh, a more settled Australian team than yours got completely demolished out here. Uh, Miss Beryl Hark and Eunice Khan have retired, but there's still some, some pretty damaging uh, <laughs> Pakistani players getting around. Uh, what do you think you can do to, to try to you know, make sure that things are different this time? Uh, well, I think we, we have to do quite a bit different. We have to um, play a different style of cricket. Uh, I spoke a little bit this morning about 
um, you know, Australian teams being traditionally really aggressive and um, whilst that's that's great and it's great to watch and it's and it's great in our home conditions at times um, you've got to play a different way and I think over here in the UAE it's a perfect situation to, to, to start doing that. Um, I think you win games here by being really patient and, and building a lot of pressure and um, the first three days can move really slowly and then you get into the day four and five and it can move quite quickly so um, it's about doing the basics really well for a long time and um, being prepared to, to shut the game down and be a bit defensive if we need to at times. Um, yeah, and, and be in it when, when it matters. There's a lot of focus with Pakistan on spin bowling, but I'm interested in uh, Fakhar Zaman, the opening batsman. He won the Champions Trophy for Pakistan, made a double hundred in a one-dayer a couple of months yeah. ago. Um, have you put a particular focus on him as a, a challenge for you guys? Oh, not not particularly into one person. We've put a lot of work into into all their team, and um, Pakistan have got a team of well, they're all highly skilled. Um, the batters are all all pretty good players. They're at an interesting stage. They, they're probably, um, you know, I think their average n- number of tests played is pretty similar to ours. So, um, you know, they're a little bit unknown, but as I said, uh, they're a little bit unpredictable. They're highly skilled, and um, we've had to put a fair bit of work into all of them. And aside from just cricket, is it in the back of your mind that this is a, a period of repairing the image of the Australian team after uh, all that happened in South Africa earlier in the year? Uh, no, it's not not really. Um, n- not South Africa at all in the back of the mind, but we're certainly we're conscious of the fact that, that we want to um, have a really positive image and, and make Australians really proud. So um, we're doing that because um, we want to. Terrific. Tim Payne, thanks for speaking to us. No worries. Thank you. Jeff, Tim Payne speaking earlier in the day at his media conference uh, spoke about the fact that Pakistan had nearly 22 players to choose from. They could have selected two sides. In the end, they've, they've drawn it back to 12 and we learn a bit more about that with Safraz Ahmed at his media conference that uh, they have uh, elected to go with uh, Muhammad Hafiz back in the test squad after a couple of years in the wilderness. Um, he was very good against Australia the last time around with the ball as well as the bat. So a man of experience in a side that perhaps isn't um, as experienced as they were four, four years ago when they played Australia. Yeah, but uh, another sort of good news story for the older players. Hafiz at 37 was mm. was well out of contention. He was, um, you know, doing irritable press conferences about why selectors weren't picking him. Well, <laughs> they finally have. Uh, so he's back, and you'd suspect, although he's opening the batting, it, it'd be for his bowling as much as his batting against Australia, where he's had a lot of success for very simple sort of off-spinning action, uh, sometimes with... Uh, a slightly dubious arm mechanics that have landed him in hot water a couple of times. But nice he's, diplomacy there. Too. He's gone to the biomechanists and, and uh, hopefully straightened things out literally again. Um, so he'll be back at the bowling crease. And we've uh, got Yasir Shah. He made his debut against Australia, as you mentioned, four years ago at this venue. Uh, a player of such talent. We've seen what he can do around the world, and I'm thrilled to see him back in this in this Pakistan side uh, at the expense of Shadab Khan. I was looking forward to tandem leg spinners not to be. Mm, yeah, we uh, don't see it very often in Test cricket, but uh, we were on the cusp, but Shadab Khan has done something unspeakable to his groin and can no longer take part. <laughs> Jeff also had a chat to the Pakistani captain, Safraz Ahmed. Safraz Ahmed, welcome to wisdom.com. Uh, you've got a big test match coming up tomorrow. Do you have a team settled yet? Yeah, we already decided at 12, so we already announced in the press conference. So we make uh, the team is, can I announce Can I announce the players? So our team is uh, Mohamed Afis, Imamul Haq, Azhar Ali, Haris Suhail, Asad Shafiq, Babar Azam, myself, Bilal Asif, Yasir Shah, Mohamed Abbas, and we announced the guy before the toss, one guy, uh, Wahab Riaz or maybe Mir Hamza. 
So it's uh, exciting for Mohamed Hafiz to come back in after a couple of years without a test match. Yeah, definitely. I'm very exciting as a captain. I see his performance since domestic uh, season. He performed very well. He scored double hundred. So we see. So that's why we pick in the team, and we have at the moment he bowling really well. So we have a plus point for his bowling as well. And Yasir Shah bowled so well in 2014 against Australia. You're confident he can do that again. Yes, I'm very confident about Yasisha. He is our main bowler. So previously, pass in his performance very well for for, for Pakistan. So I'm, I'm very hopeful he perform again, inshallah. You made a, a great century here as well in 2014. You beat that Australian team 2-0, smashed them completely. Uh, that must give you some confidence this time around. Yes, definitely. But you know, it's, it's long long way ago. You know, four years back. But at the moment, yeah, I will try my level best to perform well against them. But uh, previously, I performed well in. Australia as well, so hopefully I will do well again, inshallah. And what do you think the key is for your team to to beat Australia here? No, f- for beat Australia, so you have to perform all three formats is good. You have to feel well, you have to bat it well. You know, in in this type of condition, you have to be a, a patient. If you have a batting first batting, so you have to score 400 plus, then you are uh, the other team is under pressure. So you have to perform well for the all three formats. Safraz Ahmed, thanks for joining us. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So the one selection decision that Pakistan have is will they go with the experienced left armer Wahabri as Omir Hamza, who's also in the squad. They've got a bevy of left armers to choose from, though, don't they? Mohamed Amir actually missed out on this squad. Um, yeah, well, he, he's been left out of the side for the first time in a long while. Imagine if the whole Pakistan squad went through Ned Flanders' left or him. <laughs> there's, there's no way he would have gone out of business. <laughs> <laughs> all those left-handed scissors and left-handed can openers and fish scalers and all the rest of it, they'd be snapped up. But um, they do seem to like the left-arm over-the-wicket approach. It worked out pretty well for them. Uh, Rahad Ali's in the squad as well and yes. couldn't get into the side. But uh, And they've, they've got this relatively inexperienced batting lineup, as you said. Imam Al-Haq opening the batting. It's uh, uh, the other Al-Haq's nephew, of course, mm. Inzamam, the great man. The, uh, the great turning circle of test cricket. Never forget. And and Babar Azam, who hasn't really sort of nailed himself down in this test side has, with his test performances. So, But at- surely he will. Like This is exactly the sort of series where a young player can announce themselves in familiar conditions mm. against a side that perhaps isn't firing on all cylinders at the moment in the Australians. He, he'd fancy himself. He's played well against Australia in limited overs cricket as well. He's played well against everyone in limited overs cricket, yeah. but uh, still averages in the 20s in, in tests. So he's, he's got to make that step up. So Azhar Ali will be feeling a, a lot of the pressure. He'll be, he'll be carrying a lot of the batting... Uh, uh, expectations, but Asad Shafiq has been in brilliant form the last few months. He's been making double hundreds in the Pakistan domestic games and and so forth. And uh, Safraz Ahmed up at six. You think maybe just batting a bit too high with the all-rounder Fahim Ashraf coming in underneath. So uh, there's a lot riding on Azar to be the rock and do what he does and bat through a couple of days at a time. All told, it should be a fantastic test series and we, we can't wait to bring it to you on wisdom.com. Jeff, every ball live and free. We won't miss a thing here. That's right. We've got uh, a great view. We're right behind the bowler's arm up here in the high in the stand in the Dubai International Cricket Stadium uh, <laughs> here at Sports City. And we're going to make sure that uh, every bit of that description gets to you. We've got uh, got a pretty good team behind us as well coming in to join us. 
Yes, we certainly do, in, including the two of us behind the mics. But then our summarisers, we've got uh, Bazid Khan, who's a former Pakistani opening batsman, now accomplished commentator. Brendan Julian, the former Australian fast bowler. Peter Lawler, who's the uh, cricket correspondent for the Australian newspaper, and a raft of others who'll come through and provide their insights across the Test Series. So be sure to tune in tomorrow. Uh, find around the world what will be 15 minutes before the toss. Sorry, 15 minutes after the toss, 15 minutes before the first ball. That's when you'll hear us come on air. And we can't wait to bring it to you from Dubai. It's Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon for Wisdom.com, brought to you by Specsavers, the test experts, and Proatar, the new coaching app that connects you with the biggest names in cricket. Sports Social Podcast Network.